Okay, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, sorry about last week. I felt ill uh, kind of suddenly. I poisoned myself with food. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't funny, so thank you. Um, and I tried my best to be here, and I couldn't make it. I apologize. But here we are, and I'm excited about the message I have for you today. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Okay, so... I've been reading through a little book called James with a Powell. James was the half-brother of Christ Jesus. Uh, Bruce talked about this. Growing up Catholic, you're told sometimes, I'm not speaking for all Catholic churches, but I know in the past that uh, some groups have said that Jesus was an only child. Well, wrong, because very clearly in the Bible it says that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Did he have brothers and sisters before he was born? No. We're saying that after he was born, historically, through census and historical documents, he had brothers and sisters. And they're even talked about in the Bible. So that's a fact, Jack. He was saying that that, that was old school, right? <laughs> Who says that? Uh, Bruce was saying that was a sacred cow, that one of the things that sometimes in life we hang on to things that we think are true, they're not true, and they can hinder our full understanding. Does that make sense? Jesus had half-brothers and sisters. In fact, one of them was named James. James, they call him the first pastor. Because James, despite the fact that the Gospels lay out Jesus' brothers and sisters, did not seem to believe in him at all while he was on earth. When he died and rose again, some people came to faith in him. Now, time out. Let's not overlook that. Because the last people on the planet who are going to worship you are your brothers and sisters. Right? You? I, I remember when you... Yeah, the last people to believe in you are usually your siblings, right? Come on. Um, so James did, though. And I, I, we came across one thing. So I'm going to do something I don't normally do, which is this. I'm going to camp out on basically one scripture today and just pull some stuff out. So let's do this. He's writing a lovely book of peer-to-peer -peer coaching in the book of James. Now, the, the, the context is this, that James is writing to people who've kind of been beaten up and they've been through some hard times, Okay. So take that tone as, as we're reading this. So let's do the first slide. James 1.16, if you're listening online, and if you are, welcome. But it says this, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Number one, I think that imagery is awesome. James, although he's the half-brother of Jesus Christ, says that he's the father of the heavenly lights. So though he talks a lot about love and though he's encouraging, he also, with that little thing in there, father of heavenly lights, the majesty's there. Does that make sense? Because if he's the father of heavenly lights, last night I was sitting there waiting for a buck to come out that didn't come. He didn't get my message. He didn't get my invite. South wind blowing this way. Moon rising like this. Hands were frozen. But there was a moment where I turned and I looked at that moon, which is almost full. And in those moments, my intimate, good, good father, who's my best friend and my ally, he's also the father of heavenly lights. Does that make sense? And that wing, the tension on the wings, that's how that plane gets off, off the ground. He's majesty. He's fire and lightning. And he's a gentle voice inside of me when I'm hurting. And James does that perfectly in this, doesn't he? But something hit myself and my friend as we were reading this, and this is where our message is going to be today. This person wrote something along these lines. Uh, she said this. She said, this says to me, I'm teaching, so listen. 
every gift that God gives me can be accepted and trusted because he's not going to trick me or rip the rug out from underneath me. Now that's, time out, that's half of our sentiment. Some of us, that's not our past with people giving us gifts. Some of us go, thanks, what do I owe you? Ooh, right? Thanks. Oh, crap, now they have one up on me. Anybody ever been there before? But what we're seeing here is this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. He does not change. He's not like shifting shadows. Shadows is something you can't understand, comprehend, doesn't keep its form. He's never going to give me a gift and then take it away or use that gift to harm me. She goes on to say, he gives me gifts out of love for me. I can trust him. So this is what it does to me when I'm reading the Bible. That reminds me of something else. So let's go to where, where else it reminds me. I feel Holy Spirit guides us and leads us in this way. Jesus himself is teaching and says this. Look, if you want to understand the supernatural, look at the natural. Which one of you guys, if your son asks for food, you're going to give him something that's not food? Or if you ask for something nice and lovely and wonderful, which one of you is going to give him something dangerous? Anybody? And if you then, though inside of you you're bent towards selfishness, if you know how to good gifts, gifts to your kids, how much more will your father, the ultimate Abba Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? Don't look any farther than your own parenting and your desires in your heart to understand the desire of the father. If your kid asks you for something good, are you going to give him something dangerous? No, not even once. And if your kid asks you for something you have that they need, are you going to give them something that does not fulfill? No. Right. And you guys are selfish compared to Father God, says Jesus. So how much more can you understand and comprehend and come boldly and ask your dad, man? Is Jesus not saying this? Come alive today, would you please? What's wrong with you? Well, it was like an hour change last week. Y'all are asleep? Thank you. We're going to have like a dancing intermission or something. Val will bring the chicken head. <laughs> their costume <laughs> alright I need you with me this is all very good news okay lots of us again somebody goes to reach for the check boom I'm uncomfortable fine in the natural but when it comes to you and your heavenly father this is the understanding Jesus came lived and died to give us which one of you would do this? Well, then understand that about your father. Whether it be a cancer diagnosis, a job you need, a relationship, whatever it may be, don't you think if you ask for something good, he's going to give you something bad. Amen? Amen? That's point number one. We're going to go a lot deeper than that today, but this is all very good news. Now, this blew me away. This also reminds me of this. Let's go back to the James slide. No, I think I keep putting it in. I don't think you have to go back. Okay. Here's our slide we're going from today. Do you know what also hit me about this and put me on my chair for a while? Was this. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Other translations say lots of good and perfect gifts. Wait, I just lied. Every single good and perfect gift you enjoy is from the Father. Now here's what changed the way I kind of see things. Every good thing in my life my kids, my marriage, my health, apples, sunrises, six-point bucks, whatever it may be, duck hunting, goose hunting, video games, every good and perfect gift is directly a blessing to you from your dad. Oh, boy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Marty, do you see when you use his words like every? It's either black or it's white. You can't say some. 
So you mean to tell me, James, half-brother of Jesus Christ, who literally looked him in his eyes and knew what his human form was like, sat by a fire and watched the fire reflect off this man, you mean to tell me that every good thing that I enjoy is directly a gift from God, passed from his hands to AJ? And James would go, yeah. How can that be? Is God not big enough? Does he not love you enough? But don't be deceived. Every good thing you enjoy came from his hands to you. Now that'll change the way you view everything about this world. Absolutely good, bad, and indifferent. It'll change you directly from his music. Some of us truly enjoy music, be it in our car, be it here, whatever it may be, the way music can move you. Yeah, that, that's an invention of God for his children to enjoy music. Yeah. You like that song? Cool. God gave it to you. Gave it to them, gave it to you, brought it to your attention. Did he not? Or not every good and perfect gift. Some of the things you enjoy are gifts from God. Other things are gifts from who? You see the problem? They're all that way, man. And here's the weird thing. Bill and I will walk through the woods. We'll see those colors of fall. Y'all know. I'm not... I'm obviously obsessed with hunting right now because it's the season, but that smell of fall, right? The way it all works. Now, he put something inside of me to notice that and enjoy it. That's a gift from God. Isn't that crazy? Some of y'all enjoy stuff I don't enjoy. He put that capacity and that desire inside of you and then brought you to it and brought you to a place of fulfillment. Gift from God. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? I'll give you one. I'm going to go off my message for a second. He didn't need to give you taste buds, dude. Right? What purpose do they serve besides pleasure? Now, you could tell me a poison response, but we're not stupid. We could identify. Don't eat mushroom. Eat branch. He gave it to you just for joy and pleasure. The, the, the light spectrum. He didn't need to do that to give you that certain wavelength through your, through your retina and your cones in your eyes. And likewise, did the sun need to make colors as it sets? No. Every good and perfect gift is a gift to you. Could he be that good? Question mark, hanging out there. Okay. Now here's the reason I think we should get this. This helps me frame a rather hard scripture that goes a little something like this. I thought I was going to hang on the shallow end. I lied to you. Matthew walked around with Christ. He was a forgiven guy, and he wrote this down. Jesus said this, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now here's the thing. Scriptures like that on their own can trouble you. And they can make you think things aren't the way they truly are. So can I explain this to you today? Because this scripture has bothered me for over a decade. And it bothered me especially when I held my son, my firstborn, for the first time. Because I'm going to be dead honest with you. Most days I don't feel as though I love God more than I love my children. There I said it, but I'll be brave. And if that's the standard, then I failed. Let's all go home. But James guided me to understanding this today. So here's what I understand now. If everything that is good and perfect is a gift from his hand to me, then everything I love is from him. So I do love him more than, let's say, my children because, ready, without God, in a very direct way, my children don't exist and we never meet each other. Do you understand that? So Jesus says, hey, 
you ought, through understanding spiritual opening, you ought to love. It is right that you love me more than any other relationship. And then James says, by the way, all those relationships are gifts from him right here. Oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. So maybe I can get there. Without Christ Jesus, Alex and Isabella, my children, don't exist. We never get to meet each other. So I actually do love the gift giver more than the gift by acknowledging that they are a gift. Does that make sense? Are we getting there? I know I'm not there yet. We're getting there, right? So my love for my kids is an extension of my love for the Father because I acknowledge that they are a product of him, his goodness. And I would even go on to say this as far as my children. Loving my children is a way of loving God. It's an act of worship knowing he directly gave them to me to parent. Come on, that's better than you're responding. Please. Dude, this, come on, get with me. Listen, because here's the problem. Back in the day, People would sit there and say even to their own kids, I got to go serve Jesus. I got to go do this thing over here. You stay here because I was told I got to love him more. And here's the problem. The way you love your kids is an act of worship to how you love the father. And if not, then you don't understand he gave them directly to you. Isn't that good? Come on. So I actually do love Jesus more than I love Alex and Isabella because without him, they don't exist. Cool. And when I look at them now, through this understanding, thank you, James, I understand that when I look at them, I further understand and see God. Make sense? That was worth the price of admission right there, Donna. What do you think? That bothered me for a long time, man. That bothered me for a long time. Because that looks like angry Jesus who wants some weird sort of worship and some adoration that I can't conjure up inside of me. And the greatest things I have on this planet are my children. And I just, that really gave me conflict. But if every good and perfect gift is from him coming down for the Father of Heavenly Lights, then yeah, loving my children is loving Father God. Now, let's go back to the James slide, whether it means back or forward for you, but I don't know. Let's touch a couple more things in this. The top, top sentence. Okay, so when you're reading the word, this is the way I have come upon it in wisdom. We can't, don't skip over the first three words. Don't be deceived. What, 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 what? What do you mean, don't be deceived? This is actually a warning, in my opinion, to people who refuse to give credit to God and instead give it elsewhere. Because otherwise, why would he say don't be deceived? There's two buses. One's going to Norfolk. One's going to Potsdam. Get on one of those buses. You try to get on both, you're going to get ripped apart. I'm going with a Bruce metaphor. You people weren't here for it, online listeners. But here's the reality. James is saying, don't be deceived, guys, because human beings have a really bad habit, and they're really good, at assigning like worship and being grateful to things that do not deserve it. What do we see? We can just fling it anywhere. Good fortune. Good luck. The universe, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that's everywhere nowadays, emanating out of the cesspool that is called Hollywood, California. You don't have to like me or what I'm saying, by the way. That's cool. Is this, oh, yes, the universe. I'm like, you mean that thing that's made out of particles and dust? You're going to hold your child and say, thank you, universe? How insulting. Doesn't that make you just want to vomit a little bit? I'm going to walk over and stroke a rock and go, you've been so, so kind to me. That's disgusting, right? <laughs> Sorry. That's why James is saying, listen, you guys, knock it off. Don't be deceived. 
because you're going to see them give credit everywhere crazy. Now, did I give you an Exodus or Genesis? Let's do it. Oh, you thought I was making this up? Let's look at these uh, knucklehead, dingbat, whatever you want to say. So they come out of Egypt with power and supernatural signs, right? Moses and God are chilling up on the top of the mountain. And Moses says, whoa, 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 hold on, Moses. Or God says, Moses, hey, hold on a minute, time out. Go down there. Your crew, dude, that you brought out of Egypt, already corrupted, okay? Look how quick they are to turn away from what I commanded them. You're not going to believe this, Moses, but they've made an idol cast in the shape of a calf, you know, the things you eat, and they're bowing down to it, and they're sacrificing valuable things to this object, and they've even said this. Now, this is absurd. These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So you just saw me, there was frogs, there was fleas, there was, there was burning hail. And you're going to make something that you know you made because you made it. <laughs> and then you're going to go, thanks for bringing us out of Egypt. Right? Oh, but we're different? We can be sometimes. Do not be deceived. Every good and perfect gift it's not the universe. It's not good luck. It's not good fortune. It's not that person who did it. It's a gift coming down from the Father of Heavenly Lights. Okay? So listen, nobody coming at you, brah. But the way you see the world, Greg, <laughs> the way you see the world should be that of understanding that God is big enough. He does care enough. He's involved in every microtransaction going on, every synapse up and down your spine. Yes, and he made this world for human beings, you and me. Sounds too good to be true. You know what? He's a little too good to be true. Do you know that? It's because of how good he is, which is why we audibled and did good, good father. He is that good. But don't be deceived because people all around you, at your school, at your job, everywhere in the media, will take objects who have no power to save you and they'll thank them and they'll worship them. Okay? Don't be deceived. Don't be like everybody else. This brings me to another thing I've realized lately today. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is going to be hard. But um, Lord, help me to get through this. Now, this has a lot to do with hunting. Go figure. But I want to tell you something I've realized. Oh, this is another. You you were dead on today, bud, with the, with the, with the buses. Man. Because here's the thing. You ready? What I also realized from this, every good and perfect gift comes down for the Father of Heavenly Lights. If you're a Christ follower, if you said, yes, Jesus, I give you authority in my life. By the way, that's making Jesus your Lord, just giving him authority. You're saying, Lord, forgive me. I want to I do things your way. Save me, lead me. I give you authority. Guess where you get the things you need now if you sign up for that team? Guess where you get the things you need? Anybody want to say anything? Where do you think we get them? From God. Did anybody say? How about this? Only from God. Now, this is a weird understanding that might be a mature sort of thing, but I want to say this. Only from God. Other men might be able to go out. This is what I said to my son. Other men might be able to load the gun, go out, use their brains, and might be able to get a deer. Can I tell you something? Not me. I will only get a deer if the father brings me a deer. That's what I've realized. Other people might, and they do. Other people might get jobs around you that you want. Other people might be able to hold their marriages together and be the parent they want. Not this guy. Do you know how I get anything good in my life? Only from God. Do you understand that? 
conceiving children. Other people might just be able to willy-nilly go out and bang, bang, whatever happens there. What? You're the ones with the mind in the gutter. I meant courtship. Um, but no, dude, you know what? Not me. Every good and perfect gift, I only get stuff from God. I only get to get in that line. You ever, y'all, you ever go to the tolls? I know that's way out of our culture, but, you know, highways have tolls, right? The people with easy pass, only you can go through this one right over here, right? That's exactly what he's talking about here. If at any time in your life you've said, Lord, I, I want to I wanna be your kid, then you don't get to go to any other parent for gifts. Do you understand that? Now, that might sound pithy, but what about the times when we're disappointed? What about the times when the metaphorical deer doesn't come along? What about the times when that baby doesn't come easily? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is not only a good thing and puts worship where it belongs, but it actually protects us as well. I only get what he gives me. When I made him the Lord, I stepped out of the system of just willy-nilly, chance, luck, whatever, and I only get from God. In his way, his timing, his style, everything. This might be easy, but now I can tell you that this wasn't easy talking to Britain Bry year after year after year of infertility. It wasn't easy to sit with Brittany, especially in the office, and go, I understand that doctors are using words like in vitro fertilization and you'll never have children and all this sort of stuff, but listen to me. God may use them, but you're only going to get what you're going to get from God. Don't look anywhere else. You're just wasting your time. Just look for the avenue in which he's going to give you that. That's fine. Push on every door around you. And when one swings open, make no mistake, it wasn't you and it wasn't the doctor. Does that make sense? It's a lot easier to talk about it now because of Ellie Belly. She's here and perfect and wonderful and awesome. But sometimes in the darkness, we were singing Blessed Be Your Name in the good times and the bad times. You only get the answers you need when he gives them to you and only from him. You only get that job if he opens the door. You don't get like everybody else anymore. Get out of that line and change your understanding, okay? So, um... I do my part. We do it. Yeah, let me wrap this up. Um, I don't think I ever say this, but do you know what this also does for you? If you understand that every good and perfect gift comes from above, the last thing I do, I got a dough. I got a dough tag this year. I got a really nice dough this week. Can I tell you who did not get worship and praise? Winchester for the gun, the people who made the ammo, uh, me, the wind, the rocks, the sun. I put my hand on that deer and I thanked God first because he did that. Then I thanked the deer, which is really weird and hippie, but I also, I want to honor the animal. Oh, I want to honor the animal. I don't just shoot willy-nilly. But do you understand that too? If you understand every good and perfect gift comes from above, you actually worship appropriately as well. So let me finish this up here. Okay. I don't think I have this, but elsewhere in the Bible it says this. When God gives you wealth, he adds no trouble to it. I want you to understand that when God gives you good and perfect gifts, you can expect he does not bring hardship to you because of it. Does that make sense? What did I say before? Thanks, what do I owe you? That's not the posture. Now, here's why that's important, and I know that seems like a pithy point. We had two, two miscarriages, unfortunately, before we were able to start a family. 
And every, a lot of people in this room know how hard that is, how heartbreaking that is. But i tell you what it did for us as well. It made me realize that my children were gifts from God. And when they came, I had no illusions. Well, the first time one of them got sick, guess what this understanding does for you? This is what I was doing. They were really healthy children. Alex was a 10 on the APGAR score. Izzy was a 9. And they weren't in the hospital really at all besides the bilirubin issue. But when they first had an issue, if I understood that my children are a gift from God, then I understand that he's got to protect it as well. Do you understand that? Well, that's bold, AJ. Yeah, it is. So here's what I did when my kids get sick. You seeing this? This is yours. Do something. Doesn't that sound like real faith? Doesn't that sound like that's a true understanding that they're my children? Hey, whoa, whoa, you seeing this? This is a gift you gave me. Step in here. Do something about this. Because you said, do you see what I'm saying? Okay, some of you don't like that. You don't, some of you aren't used to that sort of posture when it comes to God. Alex, we're going to Disney World tomorrow. Alex, we're going to Disney World in six hours. Alex, we're going to Disney World in an hour. If he comes to me when the time has passed and goes, but you said, doesn't he have a right to hold me to what I've said on my integrity and faithfulness? So you mean I don't have a right? Not, not, some of you are just resisting this. You mean that if my child, whom I understand is a gift directly from God, he picked those two spirits to come into these two children and allowed me to parent them on earth as a gift, if something goes awry with them, and I, who have authority as their father, earthly, you mean I don't have the right to say to them, but you said the weapon formed against us shall prosper. You said that when, you know, when we go to God most high for protection, we'll be kept safe by the almighty, Psalm 91. Do something. You don't think I have that authority and right? Some of us think that's like pushing God around. No, it's not. Hold me to what I've said. Hold fast to it. I don't even want to tell you about a weird story in the book of Acts where two people, are, are they face calamity because they let go of something God had said to them. Yeah, listen, your children are a gift from God, Marty. With that authority, sorry, with that authority, step up and go, not about I think they're acting crazy, not about I want them to act the way I want to act, but your promises apply to your gifts. Or they just came naturally and you've got no hope and no help Head to the ER and hope for the best. I mean, head to the ER as well, but you see what I'm trying to say? Are you following me on this at all? Every good and perfect gift comes directly to you, directly from God, and treat it appropriately. And you know what this does too, by the way? The last 20 minutes, I hope? Relax. Doesn't this make you relax? That deer, I hope, is going to come out, and I hope, he's gonna, I hope it's going to go wonderfully. But even if he doesn't, well, I guess I got to trust you, Lord. I trust you, you know. It sucks. I mean, I was out here every day. That stinks. But I trust you because I said I only get it through you. I'm doing everything I can do. Then it wasn't for me. You're still good. You're still good. Must be something I didn't know. And I think that's it for me today. No. One last thing and then we're done. No, two. <laughs> I'm not shortchanging God. This is about glory to him. Number one. Why is it, some of you are on the fence, that's fine, that's where you are. But why is it that human beings naturally, ready, do not be deceived. Let's go back. Oh, thank you, he has no trouble to it, yeah. Don't be deceived, Greg. But why is it that people who don't even believe in God, blame him for all the bad stuff? <laughs> How could?
good God do? Hold on. You mean the God that you insist every other day on your Facebook and social media doesn't exist? So wait, so wait. You attribute all the bad things to God, but when the good things come, nothing? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. And you can't have it both ways, people. If God's to blame for all the bad things in life and starving children in Africa, then every heartbeat you just took is a gift from God. You can't have it both ways. Do you understand that? And the last thing I want to tell you, seriously, we're done. Even the things you can't know, the good things are gifts from God. My, my Saturday a week ago was a really bad day. We woke up and my 12-year-old golden retriever was, uh, he was on the landing and he had been on the landing for a while. And there's nothing particularly wrong with Sam, um, but I just knew something was wrong. The kids came down, Melanie came down, he wagged his tail. I sat down next to him, he wagged his tail. I looked in his eyes. He didn't, not, he was okay. Like he was okay, but he just wasn't okay. Like in other words, uh, so not going to cry. It's been a week. So he's 12 and I could just, you know, just things weren't right. And I knew it. And he'd, had, he'd been up and down about other things. One thing I didn't want to do is I don't ever want to let one of my pets suffer. My dad once said to me about one of our animals that a dog will live forever for you. Sometimes you got to do the right thing for him. I mean, I watched animals who couldn't get off the floor still get excited and be like, now nah, we're good, man. I know you need me type of thing. I, I'm here to serve you. God gave us dogs, especially the, the devil gave us cats. Um, <laughs> it's a joke, but they are on hieroglyphics. So, so I sat next to him on the landing and it was, uh, I looked at him and um, I went upstairs and called the vet. I didn't realize, but you can have them come to your house and euthanize your animal. And, um, I don't know. I wanted to do everything I could for Sam. If any of you knew, I got Sam when Melanie and I were married. I didn't have any kids, so I poured a lot of time and training into Sam. Sam was my dude. Well, um, so I called the person for the euthanasia, and I left a message. They weren't there. And then I called Bruce, who would have helped me figure something out, but he wasn't. He didn't answer. So then, just as I got off the phone, I heard him get up off the landing. Like I heard his, his fingernails, his toenails. He stood up. So I run down the stairs, and his back end just wasn't there. So I held him, and Melanie and I brought him down the three steps here and kind of stopped him near the door. <coughs> Time out. No matter how old I get, I still look around for someone else to be there and do the hard stuff for me in my life. You know that? Gray beard, gray's coming in, you know, and the gray's here. But, man, where I wish somebody else would just come along and take care of some of these things. Being an adult is such a lie, isn't it? When you're a kid, you think being an adult means you have things figured out. I'm waiting. Like, and I'm standing there, and he's wobbly, and I just, I'm like, ah, oh, I just know it. I had peace, because this was a day that I was really dreading for 12 years. But we got him outside on the porch, which was a win. And um, so I just, like, was I left him on the porch. He kind of seemed, like, disoriented. And then I saw him go down the steps, and I was like, okay. Okay, so whatever has to happen, he's out there. He, he went pee, and that was great. And I'm just in this place of, like, you know, suspended hysteria. <laughs> like, like, my breaking point was just there, and it kept moving. You ever, you ever get there where you, you, you just find yourself still being okay? Even though you've, you've waited for that day to come, and you've dreaded it your whole life. And I know that sounds dramatic. I don't care. I cared about that dog a lot. So he went to the bathroom, he, he laid down next to the path, 
And I said to Melanie, I was like, let's keep the kids, you know, we don't know what's happening. And Melanie says, I, maybe he'll just... And I looked out like two minutes later, and yeah, he was breathing really hard. And about a minute later, he was gone. I know, dude, just like that. What the... So, again, not going to cry. So Sam died. And the first thought I had, and I'm just giving it to you straight, was how kind was it of God that that's how that went down? I could just hear reckless love. You have been so, so kind to me. Outside, away from the children. We didn't wake up. I didn't have to do it. I didn't... I was shocked at the goodness of God. As I'm crying uncontrollably and my dog's dead, all I could think of was how good God is. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. Really. I mean, I called the people. They were on their way, essentially. Oh, my gosh. So my last thing I want to tell you, even the things that work a certain way that you don't directly think are gifts all the good things that could have been so much worse in your life are also gifts from God, showing his loving kindness to us. We're going to sing Reckless Love. I couldn't sing it that whole day because I was just crying all day, obviously. But man, I couldn't get that out of my head. You've been so kind, nice to me to give that for us. So yeah, let's sing about the, the, the reckless and wonderful love of God and this week, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to understand that all good and perfect gifts flow through you. You are so kind and you are so good, Father. Help us to celebrate that about you.